0: Welcome to the Together for Good podcast, a podcast specifically designed to inspire, challenge, and uplift you during your daily walk of faith. Friends, we are continuing with our Lenten journey by sitting down and talking with individuals about their faith journey. I've been making my way through most of the Bethany staff, which has been really fun for me to learn about people's stories. uh, And I also hope fun for you to kind of hear them too. Today, I sit down with Paula Wills. Uh, Paula directs the Sounds of Praise worship choir here at Bethany, but she also helps out with MOPs, the Mothers of Preschoolers program here, and she has a specific position as the coordinator um, of the creative arts team. She'll talk about all of these good things that she does here for the church, Uh, but Paula is just a delight and has a great story about growing up in the church uh, and then coming to Bethany at a very young age. And I really love the way that her story is all about um, paying it forward in a lot of sense of that. She, she really just loves to give back. And some of the things that were important to her are now some of the ways that she is serving the church. So I hope uh, you learn something new about Paula and also just find some things to apply to your life of faith as uh, Paula and I sit down for this conversation. Hey everybody thanks for joining us i am sitting down here with paula wills hi paula hey there paula is i just found this out the creative arts coordinator at bethany is your technical title
1: i have been working with you for a long time (laughs) and that is my title (laughs) indeed
0: i knew you you chair the creative arts team which designs all the cool stuff for our worship service i also know that you um, work with the mops group and that's wonderful the mother of preschoolers And you are the director of the Sounds of Praise Choir.
1: That is correct. I didn't realize how
0: all of that fit into a specific title (laughs) until now. And I'm really glad that you're here. I brought Paula on because Paula is going to, we're continuing just uh, interviewing people about their faith journey and their faith story as we think about journeys this Lenten season. And uh, Paula has an interesting story for us. And she's just an interesting, delightful person to talk to. So that's why you're here.
1: Thank you, Nate. I'm just honored.
0: I know. And really excited. (laughs) Super excited. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Paula, uh, just start us at the beginning. Tell us about, yeah, I mean, now you're working at a church, but you have been involved at Bethany for decades. Decades. And I know that the life of faith is very important to you on an individual level as well, I'm you know, just in conversations with you. So just talk to us kind of about how you got to this particular point in time, some of the highlights are along the way. Tell yeah. us the story.
1: So I'm actually sitting in my office at Bethany, which is interesting to have that. I never thought I'd have a, a church office because... Um, I grew up, actually, in Montana. Well, before that, actually, we lived in um, Afghanistan for a little while there, too. My parents were—my dad was a professor of soils, and he helped to set up the uh, the um, University of Agriculture in Kabul, Afghanistan. So we do have that wow. connection there. But I did leave when I was five, so I don't remember a lot about that. So most of my life um, that I recall actually was spent in Bozeman, Montana. And um, How's
0: the soil in Bozeman? The
1: so- Fantastic. Okay. And they're building on it everywhere. And it just makes you so sad because it's such beautiful soil in Bozeman, Montana. But it's, and it's beautiful there as well. But I uh, went to a very small church there, Christ the King Lutheran Church. And uh, so for us, a really big attendance Sunday might be 100 people. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the youth group was very small. But we had a chance to sing in children's choir. And then also there was the folk choir. So I had a musical bent. Mm -hmm. even back in Bozeman. And then um, I met my husband at Montana State University, where I was going to engineering school.
0: Interesting. Well, I don't want to get, I can't wait to hear more about Ken. Um, (laughs) But backing up to life growing up there at the church in Bozeman, um, you won, uh, what, your family size? How many sisters? I had three other sisters. That's what I thought. Four of us, yeah. Four of you. So you were the youth group would be my guess, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> my sister, Darla Reeves, who actually, actually is here at Bethany as well. Uh, yeah, she and I were in a lot of stuff together. And then our next younger sister, Barb, too, also. Yeah, we were, most of the youth group, with a couple other of my really good
0: friends. <laughs> Excellent. But also, I mean, talk to me just about that. It sounds like when you mentioned before we came on the air that your family was one of those families that's just, no matter what, you are there in your pew on Sunday morning.
1: Absolutely. Well, no pews because it was a small church, so movable chairs. But okay. yes, we were there. And... uh yeah, you kind of had to be there, but it was funny that back in the day, there wasn't uh, contemporary services and traditional. There was folk services and traditional. So we were part of the folk service. So even back in a small church, we had this mm. semi division. Like you rarely <laughs> saw the people at the later service because they were the traditional people. But um, we, yeah, we always we always made sure we were there. We even though it was a small church, we still had all those faith forming opportunities like. Um, youth group with all Mm -hmm, five of mm -hmm. us, or whatever the number was. But also uh, Vacation Bible School, all those things that I think are so important for kids because it it teaches them about Jesus in a different way than, than Sunday school, which is also, we had Sunday school as well, which is wonderful.
0: Yeah, well, and so thinking about it too, I mean, your story is not that different than other stories in a lot of ways, except, I mean, sometimes people grow up in these families where you go to church every single Sunday and then, as a result of that, the kids rebel against yeah. it and want nothing to do with it. Right. Clearly not your experience.
1: Not my experience for for um, me or for any of my siblings, which is interesting because yeah. I totally agree with that. And in fact, even my children now, uh, which I have three, all... Also attend church, which I don't know. I, I just feel like it's a real blessing that for some reason we didn't have that rebellious stage that some people go through.
0: Do you, like what do you attribute that to? Do you have any well, idea? Well,
1: probably my parents. Where it wasn't, it was never a um, a mandate that you go. It was more like uh, we do this as a family, and um, we do it because we love worshiping together. Does that make sense? Yeah. A little bit. There was. There was, of course, the message is very important as well for the sermon, but also just the music was always a big part of it. And we were part of the choir, which always were part of worship leadership as well. Inter- oh, say. so
0: you had leadership responsibilities even then? Even
1: then. I think Darla and I sang our first duet together when I was about six and she was eight. So Whoa. even then, even back then, music was a big part of our contribution to worship.
0: I can't even imagine how excited you would get if a six-year-old and an eight-year-old sang a duet in church on Sunday. Oh, it's so, I would love it. (laughs) I know, you would would absolutely love that. Oh, that's wonderful. But I mean, it does kind of show you too. I love that too. It's always in the back of my mind. Like when we can give young people responsibility and a sense of ownership, Mm -hmm. then suddenly it's something they want to be there for and be a part of. And it's not just what my parents told me I had to do.
1: That's right. It's participatory instead of, Watching or observatory, if that makes sense. So sometimes people, if you just watch, then it gets boring. But if you're a part of it, that's why so I became a pastor. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, it was so boring for you. <laughs>
0: I needed something to keep me amused during those church services. Uh, not entirely true. Maybe a little truth there. Um, oh, okay, okay, okay. So then you move along. You go to engineering school. So that's, um, I would have thought, music or something yeah, like that. Exactly. I, yeah. So,
1: yeah, so industrial and management engineering is what I was the degree that I have. And what's so funny about that is my dad and I sat down when I was a, probably a junior in high school and went through all of the options, uh, uh, options for um, degrees that you could get from Montana State University, and that one, we actually made a spreadsheet before spreadsheets were a thing, had the columns, had the bros, checked off what this, my strengths were and what strengths they had, and it landed wow. on this degree, which I'd never heard of before. But it really is organizational management, and uh, just to, from the engineering side of that makes it project management. So, as you know, as Nate well knows, if as far as anyone at the church, I'm probably the first to make a spreadsheet. Paula loves a good spreadsheet. Oh, man, they're awesome. So <laughs> a good spreadsheet's always great, and uh, that's just the way my mind thinks, and that is basically in in rows and columns. Okay. <laughs> kind of like, definitely detail-oriented. Yeah. What's interesting about that is, so the question is, how did I get here? So so Ken and I met in uh, as engineers, and There were no jobs for engineers in Montana, so you had to look outside the state, basically. And we both interviewed different places, and we ended up here because he got a job uh, down here. So I didn't have one initially.
0: And he's engineering as well? He's
1: mechanical engineering, as two of our three children are as well. (laughs) And um, when we first got here, we knew we wanted to try a church that was bigger than the one at at, um, Little Christ the King. And so we stumbled on, not didn't stumble, we found Bethany, and Bethany was still... Had not yet burned down. So, for some of you, maybe wow. not from the podcast, in 1984, um, Bethany caught fire, probably an organ wiring issue, and actually burned down. Maybe it was the beginning of 85. I can't. No, it had to be 84, I think. And uh, we had just attended maybe two services and decided, yes, we would love to join this church, and then it burned down. Whoa. So, we spent the next couple of years meeting as a. Um, Church in limbo, basically, at the uh, South Denver Adventist Church. That's right. Mm -hmm. And what was really amazing about that experience here, Ken and I were only 22-year-olds, very, very young. A lot of people decided not to really uh, worship at Bethany while we were rebuilding. You know, it's like they felt like they didn't want to come. So Bethany went from being a very large church to quite a small one. So we got to know people really well. Our family, oh, our Bethany, our church family, established pretty quickly, and we got pulled into a lot of different things, like youth ministry. And uh, Kathy Eggleston, who was the organist at the time, asked uh, Darla, my sister, and I to start the uh, contemporary or a, a praise choir, basically, since we already had a chancel choir. Yeah. So that's when we started that when we got when we moved back into this building in 1987. And um, we're back into Bethany's current campus, I should say. But I also had a chance Hmm. to be part of the Rebuilding in Faith campaign, which was the campaign where we tried to um, raise funds for rebuilding the church. Mm -hmm. So I I got to know the pastoral staff and got to know all the staff by being a volunteer, basically, who worked alongside them to help raise funds before I got my first job out at Lockheed Martin or Martin Marietta back then. It was an wow. astronautics firm. So I just feel like God was planting those seeds and those roots for ministry here at Bethany before yeah. I even knew what was happening. So then I did spend um, seven years out in uh, at Martin Marietta in astronautics. And then we had a chance to move to Australia for a year. So we took a little break there. Um, and then when I came back, I was raising my children as a stay-at-home mom when um Kathy Egleston and the the admin, administrative team here decided to start a worship on Wednesday um more contemporary wow. service. Yeah, yeah. And they asked if I would come and help coordinate that. So and and run Cuz you had
0: already had your hands in a whole bunch of other things yeah. at that point. What's really interesting is wondering too if the church hadn't burnt down if there would have been as many opportunities for you to get involved, to get connected, right? Like that's that is one of the issues we always have with big churches, is like it can get be very easy to get lost. Which but
1: is I, which is what I wanted to yeah, do. Does that right. make sense? I yeah. wanted to join like people do here. I wanted to join a church that was big so people wouldn't notice I was there. So I wouldn't have to do all the things I did before, that, right? So I wouldn't have to necessarily teach Vacation Bible School, and I wouldn't have to do all the things I was doing in
0: college. Right, and you, you've you probably listened to this podcast before and thought, like, I hope I never have to go on it. Oh. And then here we are, right? This is just how God works sometimes. God is so the funny. The thing you want the least is the thing you're going to end up with. He's a funny guy,
1: <laughs> funny person, funny entity.
0: <laughs> Okay, so you, uh, that's fascinating just to hear that whole piece. And what was, was it your job that went to Australia or Ken's? Ken's. Okay. Yep. And how was that, being away and... Oh my goodness,
1: Australia in, the, this is 1992, and Australia in 1992 was much like the United States in 1950s, very much a family community, oh, cool. a lot of women stayed home with their children, so uh, we found a, a smaller Lutheran church down there that we joined that was in our neighborhood, didn't make the long drive to Bethany that so many people do here because Bethany is a, a magnet church, if that makes sense. Um, so one just around the corner, and we got to know families, and just it was wow. just a lovely experience. But can I tell you a quick story Please. about that? At that point, I was um, a little weary, I guess you'd say, and, and ready to just sit back and just be with my kids and my husband and just be um, just attend church and not do a whole lot, and God laughed at that too and said, I have an idea. Instead of that, <laughs> instead of doing nothing, why don't you actually become one of the accompanists for the church? So uh, they came and the, they asked if I would um, accompany the worship services and also their funeral services. And I said, oh, I just can't do it. I don't. I don't have a piano or a keyboard. So they said, we'll give you one. So. <laughs> I ended up doing all the things there that I do here as far as being in the choir and playing for the choir and playing for church services because God
0: says, you don't take a break necessarily. You can take a break. No matter where you go in the world, you cannot hide.
1: You cannot hide. Even if you go down under. It's just amazing.
0: (laughs) Down under, belly of a whale, doesn't matter.
1: Doesn't
0: matter. Interesting. And so then you move back. Move back. And uh, did you have kids with you when you moved to Australia? Uh, Two.
1: Yeah. Two or three. Yeah. Kevin was five and David was two.
0: Wow. Okay, yeah. and then you move back. Mm-hmm. You have your third. I have Melissa. My third, Melissa. And then um, stay at home mom for a little while. Yes. So how have- how many how many years was this?
1: Yeah, ten years.
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's great that you yeah. could do that for your kids.
1: Yeah, and then of course that means that you just you just work full time but for no money. Correct. Uh, as you volunteer for every organization, and that's where MOPS Mothers of Preschoolers, which yeah, I am yeah. a mentor for now, That's was a big part of my life back then. There was with, a
0: Mops chapter here at that point in time?
1: That same one. We started it.
0: No way. When
1: Melissa was born, basically. So Michelle Oaks and, well, throwing some names out here. But anyway, they started it the year that Melissa was born, basically. So wow. I was a coordinator for that at one point and lots of other positions. But so that that has always been a big part of my life, um, just trying to either be a part of that program or mentoring that program for these moms. Who Absolutely.
0: Because it was so important to you. Yeah. Yeah. A really neat way to give back. Yep. Yeah. And to keep moving that forward. That's amazing. Well, and it's also just amazing knowing, so you started that X number of years ago, uh, along with the Contemporary Choir. You and Darla started that, it sounds like you mentioned that too.
1: That choir has been around since 1987, which is... Which is
0: why we can't call it the Contemporary Choir. We changed the name. It took us 20 years to do it, but we changed
1: the name to Sounds of Praise because people would laugh every time they'd look at us and say, Contemporary, I don't know. (laughs) It's like it's the music we're singing is contemporary. We may not be contemporary. But sounds of praise is good because that can last for forever. Absolutely. Which it seems to be doing.
0: (laughs) That's great. Well, and it's neat just how, I mean, your level of commitment and just kind of seeing things through um, long-term, you know? like Seriously, like that is a real gift that not everyone has. Um, For me myself, I know I get stir-crazy and need to think about the next thing. Before the first thing is even over, um, that's a real gift to to a place like this as well, where we, you know, just stability is so important for people's lives these days. That's amazing. Yeah.
1: So sometimes God shakes you out of your comfort, and we already talked about how I like I'm fine with comfort, you know, with columns and rows and columns, yeah, and that's very predictable. And the I guess besides the director of the Sounds of Praise Choir, what used to be the Contemporary Choir, when when I came onto staff here uh it was as the coordinator of the Worship on Wednesday program and what worship on Wednesday um what that was was more of a service for the confirmation age youth so that they would have a worship experience that was a little bit different from Sunday. Mm-hmm. We did use a lot of we used guitars of course and we had a drum and we had bass and piano and um sang songs that more maybe you'd hear on K Love type of stuff, worship yeah. and praise songs in hopes that the kids would would connect with that if they ever go away to to college and stuff, that they would have heard those songs and and been part of of a praise service such as that. So I did that for, I think it was almost 20 years. And that was easy to do because I have such a love for music. Maybe it wasn't quite 20. I guess it was actually more like 15 years. And that used all my gifts as far as music and as far as coordinating people and getting to work with youth. And man, I... Just love that job. I, I, It's only 10 hours a week. It was a quarter-time job, but I felt like I probably got 20 hours worth of work done in those 10 hours because cool. I just loved it so very yeah, much. Yeah. When that kind of came to an end, because we had um, some changes to the confirmation program, things were no longer on Wednesday night. When it came to an end in 2018, it felt like just a, um, almost like a death, right? Because I had loved it so much. But I also know that sometimes things need to change to be new again. Yeah. And uh, I figured that was probably it as far as my um, service here at Bethany goes on staff, other than being the director. And then Pastor Gary came and asked if I would be the creative arts team coordinator. And I actually laughed and thought he was joking, because I feel like I'm not the most creative person (laughs) in the world. If you've seen me draw, I certainly am not. There's many people in my family who are really creative. I'm not one of them, because... When I look at a box, I see a box and it is perfectly fine like that. <laughs> Size nice and even. And I love square. that. Okay. Yeah, why would you want to look outside or think outside the box because the box is just fine as it is. And so luckily Gary explained to me that there's a lot of creative people here at Bethany. Just maybe for them it's not as easy for them to realize the order that it needs in order to be creative. So mm-hmm. I offered the spreadsheets to those meetings, and then you guys come yes, up with you all the great ideas.
0: <laughs> and you have some pretty creative and good ideas of your own along the way. you got to give yourself some credit there. Thank you.
1: Yeah. I, think, I think God has helped me to be more creative being around you, creative people, which is very cool.
0: Which is cool. That's the, <laughs> the beauty of church, right? Like yeah. that our, our gifts get to kind of meld together like that. So um, this, is, this is really great as we're kind of thinking about all of this all of these little pieces along the way. Um, talk to me though, about like the piece that I'm kind of noticing as a through thread in all of this is just your real connection and love of worship itself. You know, like you talked about that was just a big part of your upbringing. You found a church immediately after college, moving to a new town, which no other 22 year old ever does. Um, and then you've coordinated worship on Wednesday nights for our confirmation kids. And now doing it in a new capacity with the creative arts team. Like, do you, do you notice anything about that for yourself? Like, is this, and, and I mean, and I know, like, you care so much about the way that worship flows and is designed. You're always the one in the staff meetings who has great <laughs> insights about what we could improve, how we could change it. Do you have any thoughts about why that it has become such an important part of your life?
1: Yeah. Well, I, one thing I've said before is that music. Is my heart language, and so most of these worship services that I've been a part of do have a musical component to it a little bit. I think that's where I connect, a little bit. But then I realized it also is so important the message being told as well. And and I love when a worship service actually, when you when you leave, you a message has been conveyed that you can take home with you, mm-hmm. and it um, mm. for the rest of the week you're kind of chewing on that, and then it comes back. And so I think that's part of it is that. There's a a a, a there's a, a bit of logic in the way I think about worship and I think God has allowed me to bring that to uh, other people in planning that so it's not just all willy nilly if that makes sense that yeah. maybe people have something to take home as well. Why yeah, it is interesting. I, I I guess I guess it's just um a hunger in me, I guess I would have to say for um connecting with Jesus. In a a community, I guess, it's not just, I don't have to be alone. I love going to the, I I, I do love going to the mountains, like some people do, but for me, I think perhaps it's the community where I feel.
0: Yeah, uh, and I love, I mean, thinking about how your brain works in columns and rows, as you said so eloquently, it's really neat to see the way that you're, just hearing you describe it there, you're hoping to have all the details of worship align so that a clear message from God can be communicated to the gathered community that day. And I i mean, listeners, pay attention to it the next time Sounds of Praise sings, if you haven't before, but the songs are always so in line with the sermon. And it is like this, it, it really is much more powerful, much more meaningful when the details line up like that, I think too. I mean, we, this is where we really connect because we have a shared passion for yeah. that. But it's neat to see how you, yeah, like how you're, That's so important to you. You're trying to give that gift to other people, just as you've done, right? Like with MOP starting, it was so important to you to give it to other people again and again. Um, Just a really neat testimony of, yeah, the way that you're, what is meaningful for you trying to pass it on to others in this space.
1: And I suppose I'm so excited. uh, So Brian Jaster, our, our youth director, our youth minister, is bringing back mentoring. Yes. And and maybe it was really never gone, but mentoring of the confirmation age kids with a, with somebody mm-hmm. else in the in the community here. And all my life I've had mentors like that too. So when I mentioned the folk choir back when I was was younger, there was somebody who led that who just was a delight to be around and made worshipping Jesus just so much fun as well, mm. right? And through the words and the songs and the music we were singing and even if it was a song of lament it still meant a lot and so i think that established at a very young age that i think that that the things that we do for others to help them to connect with jesus is so very important
0: so absolutely yeah and i love the way you're talking about i don't i don't think we do enough it, it probably seems logical to you but talking about worship as the way we connect with jesus it, it really is it's a clear piece that churches have been doing together every sunday for thousands of years yeah. Right, like This is the way that a community can connect with Jesus. There's obviously many other ways. um, But there's something powerful about the history behind that. And and just calling that out. Because I think sometimes we just approach churches like, well, I guess I'm just supposed to be there on Sunday morning. But that was never your experience. It
1: wasn't my experience. It was my husband's experience, however. (laughs) So I grew up uh, in a different uh, denomination, I guess you'd say, where it Uh really just mattered that you went. And so I just recently was talking to him and I've just been so moved that it for him it's become more about about what you how you connect you know yeah. it, it, with the people yes but also with God with Jesus it's not just checking the box that you went it's
0: there's a there's a heart element to it I all which uh, which for engineers is a good thing for them to get in touch with once <laughs> in a while <way>. exactly <laughs> Very, very true. Uh, Paula, anything else you want to add, wisdom-wise, for our loyal listeners to take away from your life? You know, just in terms of your importance, what's important about faith for you?
1: Yeah. I know it's it's okay to say no to some things, but also remember there's times when God is— you get that little tug in your heart, which is what it was when Kathy asked me all those years ago, will you come and be on part of the staff? It's like, I was really happy just being a stay-at-home mom at that time and thinking maybe I'd go back to be an engineer. I, I, I do laugh sometimes at how when you look back and see where God was just laying the seeds and just waiting and for them to grow into something, and then he says, now it's time to reap the harvest, uh-huh. and to take someone like me, who was just an absolutely number-crunching engineer, who loved music, and put it into a job, into a ministry, Yeah. that's really
0: cool. That's really cool. Yeah, it'd
1: be really cool if we paid more, but I'm just saying, <laughs> just, just kidding. <laughs> Executive Council, I hope you're listening. No, 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 we're good. It's a ministry. It's a ministry. Paula,
0: thank you so much um, for all that you do here for so many other people. Sincerely, you are such a gift to this place, and we are so lucky to have you. And I really appreciate you stepping outside your comfort zone, outside the box a little bit to record this conversation. We really appreciate you.
1: Well, thank you for asking me and forcing me to do this. You're welcome.
0: <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. Stay in peace.